Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. It's a sermon recap episode, and I've brought along with me a few Spring Hills team members. Returning from last week is Josh Rasmussen, and also joining us for the first time ever is Caitlin Elliott. It's going to be great. We're going to discuss week two of Hope in Uncertain Times. Pastor Brett gave a great message. If you happen to miss it, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. Also, this Thursday, we're doing a Throwback Thursday worship night. It's going to be awesome. The production team, the worship team, Pastor Brett, we got together and we put together a pretty awesome night. We're going to do some songs from some years back. You should recognize them. They're all some favorites from, you know, 15 years ago or so. And Pastor Brett's going to do a throwback sermon. So check that out. Go to springhills.org to find out how you can stream that service on Thursday night. It's going to be great. All right, let's get to it. This is our sermon recap of Hope in Uncertain Times, week two. Welcome to Hope in Uncertain Times, part two, the recap. Today I have with me Josh Rasmussen, back from last week, and also with me is Caitlin Elliott, who is one of my favorite people. She's my wife. She's joining us for the first time. We're going to dig in a little bit further to Pastor Brett's message, and I really liked how he started on this week with saying that he has to remind himself that God's got this. I'm one of the people that really needs to also remind myself constantly that God's got this. If I start to, to think too hard about something that's not going my way, and we, I've talked about this over the last probably six or seven weeks that we've been doing this, that I am not the kind of person that likes, uh, likes it when things aren't going my way. So um, having to remind myself that God's got this is something I'm doing all the time. And everybody just has to remind themselves that God's in control because we have so much uncertainty right now, which is exactly why we're doing hope in uncertain times. And I remember Pastor Brett saying last week that one of the reasons that he did this series was because he knew he needed to use the word hope within this situation just because everybody is so, uh, I don't know, wh- whether it's worried or stressed out, feeling uh, uncertain about the future and those kinds of things. But uncertainty about our jobs and our health and all these different things I have to remind myself constantly that God's got this. And as we start, if you've got any kind of general thoughts, just where he's gone so far in this series, I think we're halfway through the series now uh, with parts one and two. So yeah, hope in uncertain times. Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, well, I think right off the bat to what you said about um, just just trusting that God's got this. I think the fact that we're, we're doing a series based on hope, like that word is so important. And I think... Um, <clears throat> I think uh, a lot of times people tend to gravitate towards the negative or like you were saying, like we want to be in control of things and we start to stress out when things don't go our way. And I think that's when we start to think negative and then in our minds, we just start to snowball or or at least I can, I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to that. So, yeah. And I think it's so important to have that perspective to, to focus on like the positive thoughts and knowing that, that God is in control and we can fully trust that because I think it's going to set the tone for us moving forward. Totally. Yeah, he started off also by saying when we're on uncertain, when we are in uncertain times, that God loves to come in and bring a resolve, to bring a rescue, um, to show Himself in that situation, that and it ends up causing people to glorify Him and worship Him. So he went into this. This was one of my favorite analogies Pastor Brett's ever done. He said it's like a good movie. You have a protagonist, you have the antagonist, and it has tension. It builds. It reaches a climax. You're on the edge of your seat, and then there's the resolve some kind of rescue, and it feels feels good. And a lot of times the resolve is unexpected. It's a good twist, like I like to say with movies, or most people like to say um, with good movies. So before I rant here about my thoughts on the movie thing, because um, I have a lot of thoughts on that, and I'll try not to be too <laughs> lengthy with it. But yeah, just kind of the idea just to know that God loves to come in during these uncertain times. We look throughout the Bible, and there's story after story where God's coming in in uncertain times, 
and bringing some kind of resolve or rescue. And sometimes it's it's un, uh, unprecedented or unexpected the way that he's doing it. And it j- always just baffles me that when another one comes around that I don't just immediately trust that God's going to take care of it. So, yeah, um, I don't know. What did you guys think of that movie analogy? I thought it was great. Um, okay, if I'm being totally honest, I don't know what movie... We're talking about. Uh, I think he was oh, talking just about that overall in that in a good movie. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay, that it gotcha. has a an up and a down. Yeah, and basically sure. just the plot line of a movie. Right, you've gotcha. got the good guy, the bad guy. You've got problems. You've got a climax, a resolve, that kind of thing. So yeah, got it. That the movie idea really resonated with me because I I saw the way that stories have played out in the Bible before, and it's it yeah when he said that you know no uh, Moses and the Red Sea coming up to that point. And that it kind of gets you into that cleft of the mountain where you can't go back. You know, Pharaoh's armies are coming towards you and you can't go forward on your own power, but you have to wait for that miracle of God. And Moses was the one who was believing in God in that moment where the Israelites were like, we're going to die, basically. Right. And so, like, um, moving forward, we have our deliverer, Jesus, you know, like to, to hold up what he's doing and be like, OK, no, that guy, he's got it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then I actually, I love to think about, I actually wrote that down too, Moses coming up to the Red Sea, because Brett had mentioned it. But like, what was Moses thinking at that point? Like, not that Moses doubted that God was going to bring some kind of rescue or resolve, but what do you think he was thinking? Like, oh, is he going to, is there a big boat going to all of a sudden appear and we're going to be able to get on a boat and go across? And God's like, no, 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 I'm going to split it and you're just going to walk <laughs> through it. And even that being just like, it's just like an unexpected thing. So like, for me with this movie thing, I've told Caitlin this. I, countless times I love when there's a good twist or an unexpected resolve or ending to a movie. And so I've said this for years, if some great filmmakers um, or like a company or something would come in and give like, I don't know, five or six different directors, two or $300 million budgets and say, just dig through the Bible and find some stories and make these movies out of them. I mean, accurately don't mess them up and, and take too much creative license with it. Like make them the stories that are told in the Bible I mean, we see these big movie franchises, Star Wars and Marvel and, yeah. and Fast and Furious and all these kinds of movies that are very successful. I'm like, dude, these are the, these are the greatest stories. These would be the greatest movies of all time. They would, they would be such good movies because they're the perfect stories. And like, there's so many different things. It's like God's doing something unexpected, and it happens all over the Bible. Um, flooding the earth, David beating Goliath. Daniel in the lion's den. And then this one who Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, do you think they were actually, I mean, they say, they say that they know God's going to deliver them, but how do you think they, they probably think like he's going to deliver us before we get to the furnace and make yeah. it so we're not thrown into the fire. Right. And God's like, no, 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 no. You're going to go into the fire. You're just going to be fine. And then all of a sudden there's these three people plus an angel right. in the fire. And that's just another unexpected resolve. I know. know. I feel like we think that, the deliverance that we need is to be from it. Well, the greatest deliverance that gives glory to God is just in the middle of it. Right. Because then what happens after that moment where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out of the fire, Mm -hmm. it just sets off a chain reaction. He talks about this later on in his message today. Pastor Brett does with the reaction of what happens from, you know, Paul and Silas going and, uh, and sharing with Lydia, first of all, but the reaction that happens. Um, throughout this whole story. And it's just like, man, if anybody was feeling uncertain, it's Paul and Silas right here. So, um, so yeah, what's the result of these uncertain times? It's people praising God and glorifying him. So Brett said, God's going to work and people are going to praise him coming out of this uncertainty. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Let's maybe just dig in a little bit to our thoughts on that. I mean, like, there's so many different situations going on right now where we've already seen God work, and I feel so convicted sometimes because we've seen God work and heard these great stories, people coming to Christ, and God doing amazing things through what's happening right now. And I'm still like, come on, God, end this. Let's let's get back to normal life. I don't mm-hmm. know. Any thoughts on that kind of thing where Brett's saying God's going to work, people are going to praise him coming out of this uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, I think— it goes down to like what Pastor Brett's first point was. A lot of times, like God's going to work in ways that we don't understand, and His agenda is different than ours. Like right. our plan B is God's plan A, and I think this is so important to understand because it can change our entire approach right. to how we see these situations. Like it doesn't necessarily make it easier, but there's a sense of relief knowing that God has our back and that He has a bigger overarching purpose in it. And I mean, we kind of talked about it last week. It it might not be until we get to like the later stages of this situation or until afterwards, like we'll look back on it and be like, wow, like God did a lot of work, like in my life and other people's lives. And, and you can kind of, once we're past it all, you can look back and see everything that he's done. And, um, I think, I think that just makes it so much better. And it it changes your approach again, like in the middle of it, like just when you know, God's going to come through for you. I loved that quote for, you know, God's, or our plan A is God's, how is it going our again? Our plan B is God's plan Right, yeah. right. And for myself, I tend to carry a lot of uh, just guilt that shouldn't even be mine to carry about like, is there something I could have done to prevent this? You know, I just hate when something doesn't go well or right. And that quote to me is just like, God heard it all along. Like, you know, if something happened in a way that I didn't think should happen, and it's like, no, this is God's best plan for me, you know, and I need yeah. to allow his sovereignty to overcome, you know, my control really. Yeah. I've even heard you go back in our past of like the past years and be like, man, had I have just done this at this point, we would have been prepared for this. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's oh, pretty far reaching. Like it's pretty far reaching. And I'm just like <laughs> you telling somebody who, as Josh put it, snowballs. I'm yeah. just like, oh my, oh, just, just let's just go right now where we're at and let's just trust God and know that he's going to have it. Right, and when, that and, God's got it, and, and I'm just like, stop looking two years ago. Right, and in other times where I'll, I've looked back and gone, wow, this happened, and then look how God used it to our benefit. Right, just even His grace to cover up and to to still have maintain control and through all of that. Right, yeah, exactly. and I think it's easy, like like we have expectations as as human beings, like we expect situations to go a certain way, and when things all of a sudden start tanking and it's not going our way, I think. A lot of times we can we can twist what we think God has has spoken to us or what He says to our own selfish desires. Yeah, yeah. And I think it takes the focus off of Him and what He's doing through these situations because yeah. we're like, you're like God, like why is this happening? Like this is crazy. And then I don't know to go back and have that approach, like knowing that He works all things for good and that He has a bigger plan through this. I think it just changes yeah our entire approach to totally. It. Well, let's uh, let's look at the the passage that Pastor Brett was in Acts chapter sixteen. He goes through uh, starts at fourteen, talks about the church getting started. Apostle Paul has his vision from God. He sees a man from Macedonia. Paul consults with some of his friends. Concluded that God was calling them away from Turkey, which is uh, Asia Minor, current uh, modern day, and go to Europe. Imagine coming into a city and presenting the gospel to people. Uh, like that, how would you do it? So Paul approaches, I think, it, I think it's the, he approaches a group of people, a group of Jews, right? Um, that he sees praying. Yeah. Is that right? And then uh, he f- meets Lydia. Now Lydia is this rich, uh, they assume she's rich because of her, uh, she sells purple 
Lennon. Lennon, yeah. and um, she has a big house where she invites all of Paul and his friends to stay at their house. So, assuming she's got a large house, uh, but worshiper of God, uh, but she'd never heard about Jesus. So Paul shares Jesus with her. She believes. Her heart's turned and opened, and she's baptized. And then Paul, uh, then she says to come stay at their house. So um, the next part of this is kind of a, a part of a story, the story that I've never really focused on. I've heard this, but Paul exercising the demon out of this slave woman. And this is really interesting to me because I honestly hadn't thought too far about how Paul ended up in prison. Because I always just hmm. say, like, man, Paul was in prison. Imagine going through that and not the story leading up to it, even though I'd heard it um, yeah. a few times. So, yeah. Paul uh, exercises this demon out of this woman, but it was the way that this woman, having the uh, the demon inside of her, was allowing her to see the future, and they were making money off this, the people that owned this slave woman. So now they were angry at Paul because now this woman no longer has uh, the ability, is no longer demon-possessed, and has the ability <laughs> to see the future. So they go and make all these accusations. Uh, the Roman authorities, they beat Paul and Silas with rods. They strip them of their clothes. They throw them into jail. Um so yeah, how uncertain is your time right now compared to uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought Paul and yeah. Silas like going, going traveling and uh, a really great start, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, base hit Lydia, you come into Christian, she's gonna let you stay at their house, and then all of a sudden, this whole this whole thing's happened. But this story just starts to illustrate that question: How is God gonna work in an uncertain situation? But yeah. yeah what, what kind of thoughts do you guys have going through that part of the story? There, I know I kind of ran through it quick, but. Well, one of the things I picked up was that whenever it's kind of like a, the righteous for the unrighteous, you know, that Christ came um, and he was righteous and he delivered the unrighteous. And so I just saw that same thing being played out here that um, mm. Paul and Silas's gospel of Jesus Christ was delivering the slave girl um, and that the unrighteous immediately just want to imprison them and they come against them and they bring um, trouble to them. And it's just like that exchange and that in that God still delivers the righteous right? so that, you know, that more people come to know him inside of the prison and, you know, they eventually are freed, you know, to continue preaching the gospel that it's like, even if evil comes against the righteous, they're still delivered. Right. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I just think it's like, like imagine what Paul and Silas were thinking once they do get thrown in prison. It's like, they're going where God has called them and they're doing but like you said, it starts off, it's a base hit and everything seems like it's going according to plan. And then all of a sudden things just go south. But I mean, when Pastor Brett talked about how, you know, Paul, Paul and Silas are singing in the prison. Yeah. And, and I mean, we can read that in, in Acts as well. Um, I'd like to think that Paul and Silas went into this situation knowing that it wasn't going to be easy because I think they they had been around uh, Paul at least had been around the block enough um and had been through suffering to know i think and also had administered yeah suffering I exactly. mean, like Paul's not exactly some dude that's just been sitting around with not an eventful life like this guy has an eventful life up to this point yeah i and i think Paul challenges us as christians and and he knows the road isn't easy but their faith outweighed that situation right. and that's what allowed them to continue yeah i think i mean that's so cool that Thinking back to that, they had to be saying like, "How's God?" Again, it's not that they it's not that they were doubting that God was going to yeah. deliver them. It's just kind of that, what is going to happen here? How is God going to work in in this situation? You know, and and Brett kind of hones in on this idea. At midnight, Paul and Silas were yeah were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. And it's like 
already, it's like even in the situation, God was already working in it. It wasn't like they were waiting around for God to do something. God was already working in this situation. There were people around them being witnessed to just in this terrible situation where they're, you know, they're fastened in stocks and um, they just being in this inner prison, uh, which I don't know. What is that? What is the inner prison? Is that something he put them into the inner prison? Is that a different thing than just prison? I mean, I'm assuming it's just deeper like down, a like, like a, yeah, or like it's more heavily guarded or something. But I think the fact that it was at midnight that they start singing praises too. I mean, nighttime, I think especially is when, if you're already having a rough day or your thoughts are kind of spiraling downwards, it just gets worse at night. No kidding. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gets worse at night and it becomes, I mean, speaking, I, I've had a lot of sleep issues over the years and like just that really resonates with me. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying mm-hmm. and singing hymns to God because I have been that person. I'm sure everybody has at some point yeah. where that's really like, I like that it says at midnight because yeah. not just, <laughs> yeah, it's so they started singing and praying. It's like at midnight. It's like, yeah, when stuff is really not going well, I can't sleep. And at midnight, I'm just like, oh man, I need to go to sleep because I got to wake up at 6 a.m. And it's like, I could sit here and throw a fit or I can sing songs of praise. And, uh, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I like to sing. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the prisoners listening to him. Suddenly, uh, there's this great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, trembling with fear. He fell down. uh, Oops, I skipped a couple verses there. I don't have them written out. But the earthquake happens. They all are, uh, you know, the freed from their stocks and loosened from their stocks. And uh, the jailer runs in and says, uh, and try, it, basically he's going to kill himself, right? The jailer's going to kill himself because all the prisoners had gotten away. Yeah. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. Everybody's still here. It's okay. And then immediately the jailer falls down and says, sirs, what must I do? Um, I'm looking at, I want to get the words exactly right here. So um, trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do? Um, I lost it again. Sorry. (laughs) To be saved. That's how he worked it. (laughs) What must I do to be saved? Such a simple question. But yeah, that's such a cool. uh, Well, and I love how they kept their heart in a position of the kingdom of God. Like had they have refocused to their own needs and their own wants and their own comfort. Like, and attacked the prisoner or the prison Yeah, they would have missed that opportunity been like, Just all right, this off, is our I'm chance. Let's get out of here. Instead, they continue to keep their heart centered on what the real mission was, which right. was wow. that other people would come to know the Lord no matter what that was going to cost them. Wow. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, that's a, yeah, there's a really good point. Because, I mean, if I was, this is somebody who, like Brett says, this is somebody who beat them stripped them of their clothes, put yeah. them in stocks. Like I, I'm a, I, I'll admit I can hold a grudge. And if that was, <laughs> if this dude, I, I might take advantage of it and maybe throw a punch or two and just like try to get back at the guy. So the fact yeah. that Paul and Silas immediately stopped this guy from, from hurting himself and it and obviously witnesses to him. And it says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved and your household um, so he didn't answer with a bunch of rules either. They didn't say, like, you need to go to church, start mm-hmm. a small group, make sure you pray a lot, make sure you read your Bible. It wasn't all these different rules. It was nothing that you need to do. It was what you need. That's what Brett said. None of it was what you need to do. It was what you need to believe in. So, yeah, that was another thing that's just, like, that's a great a great example for us, for people that are um, going through tough times, and then maybe we're we're setting an example for them in some way. And I know I've been this person to be like, why are you so happy right now? Even though, you know, there's people that have lost some, a loved one or something. I'm like, man, you're still, even though I know you're not 
happy that you lost this loved one, you're still living a life. You're choosing joy, which we, yeah. we've said a lot here at Spring Hills, choosing joy. And I want to know, how are you doing that? And it's not just like, well, you need to go to church more. Yeah. yeah you need to start being a small group, start a small group and, and all that. That's, I mean, that's all good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying that in a mocking voice, but <laughs> it's all good stuff. But that's not what you need to do uh, to be saved. No, you're so right. Like the gospel of grace is simple for everybody, like no matter who you are. And it's not a list of rules. It's, it's simply what you believe. And I think a lot of times in life, we tend to think about things that are too good to be true. Like if something is too good to be true, like it, it probably is, but it's the exact opposite in this right. case. Like all you have to do is, is simply believe. And I think sometimes people have a hard time getting around that because right. totally. I think our natural human tendency is like, oh, I, I got to earn it. Like I got to work hard. I got to, I got to do more. I got to try to earn my way to God or, or, or whatever it may be. So it kind of can be a hit to your pride a little bit. Like, like, wow, like I don't have to strive and stress and, and worry about all these things and, and try to be like such like this perfect person. Show how awesome I am. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. And, and I think in time as like, as we start to like accept that our, our attitude changes towards like, we want to do those things. Like we want to go to small group. Like we want totally. to go to church and, and serve other people. It's a chain reaction of exactly of believing and, having having god be the god of your life yeah those things come along with it and they all they all uh they build that part of your they all build your life up around god instead of building it up around whatever else you're you're focused on yeah and i think knowing kind of like you mentioned like we choose joy like that is a choice just like we can choose to focus more on the negative things and then eventually our thoughts just start to snowball mm -hmm. If we choose the positive things, like there's a chain reaction upwards there too. Right. And I think that's an important thing to remember to, to choose joy and to choose to trust God because right. it'll just lead to better things. Yeah. Um, let's, I, you've mentioned a couple of the points already, Josh, but I want to kind of, he, he ends his, his message with these points. So first of all, is God works in a way that we'll never figure out in advance. Our plan B is God's plan A. Um, I think either of you have an example of that in your lives. I have a really easy one, but I don't want to be, I don't want to just jump into my own story here, but having your plan B come up and you're like, I, that was God's plan all along. Or you mean like, well, my, just an example I had of my your plan, plan A and then he changed my plan and showed me his actual plan. Right. Yeah. Or my plan. Your plan B. I keep getting this wrong. <laughs> so I think a, a good example of this is when we first moved here, I was really excited or I don't know, more nervous to be like, I have to be a really good photographer. It's This is dependent on my income to sustain our living here. Cause right, because we moved to increase. a more expensive area. Right, yeah. right. So I kind of just added up the numbers. I'm like, I got to make this much. And um, I think in all of that, God's graciousness to be like, I know this is what you think that you need to do and need to be and need to have, but I just want to show you that I'm going to give you all of this and it's actually none of this and it's going to be better for you and it's nothing what I thought it would look like. Right. But it's like being a stay-at-home mom with my kids, making way less, but having way more in return for that. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, one of the more recent examples I can think of was um, – after I moved back up here from Southern California and um, I was looking for jobs, I had been kind of doing my research and had been talking to uh, different gyms that I could work at as a trainer and had settled on this one. Um, it was called Fitness SF down near San Francisco. 
and everything about it was just perfect. Um, everything that they were offering me and it, it definitely would have been worth the commute down there, which anybody who's tried to go to San Francisco during rush hour knows like <laughs> it's absolutely terrible. It's awful. Oh, but especially for, going through Nevada, right? I don't even, I haven't been down there recently, but yeah. the, the first few times I feel like that we been, lived here, I'm like, oh my gosh, they've been working on this for how many years I was years just going to say, I think they've been working on that freeway since I was a kid. That's so. crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's been, we've been here for over, over three years now and I haven't, it's been the same. Like, I don't think anything's opened up yet. <laughs> exactly. It's terrible coming back through. We have to time our trips. Where we're like, hey, make sure you're not hitting Nevada at four o'clock. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna want to punch yourself. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, seriously. Like I've I've been there. Um, but but it was it would have been worth it for this job. I was like, this is gonna be like the start that I need, like the experience, like it it, it everything about it was great. Um, and then things just kind of got put on hold. My start date from the time I got hired was like it was like three weeks out. Um, just because they had some internal changes that were going on with the company, and then. It turns out like those changes ended up having like a drastic effect on what was going to be offered to me um, in my position and to where like that commute wouldn't have been worth it. Right. And I had a friend suggest to me like, oh, you should go check out Airport Club, um, which ended up being where I work now and have a full time position. Um, But I I never would have known that. It's five minutes from my house. Ended up being way better than I ever could have expected. And I totally overlooked it. Um, but I think God allowed me to kind of start to go through with that plan a, and then, um, ended up at this other place at, at airport. So, um, it's funny. I think one thing I heard somebody say sometime was, uh, you have to be careful what you ask for because you might get it. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like you might think, you know what you want, but in reality, you have no idea what you actually want. And then all of a sudden you get what you think you want. And, it's and you're like, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what to do here. Like, this is a mess. Like, this is stressful. But I think God knows all along kind of what you need and what, what we need at the right time. Oh, and I just love that the scripture continues to refer to us as something like children or sheep. You know, it just begs this, like, you don't know. <laughs> like, you yeah. are, like, young and dumb. You know, it's like both of those things. And I think, like, in the same way that, a loving parent would deal with their child. It's like, I just want to show you what you want, you know, and yeah, then I want to run bring across you. the street. Let yeah, me show yeah. you what it feels like to get hit by a car. Well, not to that effect. Like there's this, pr- this no, protection. I mean, that, happened today with, <laughs> that happened today where it was like my son started to run across the street and it was fine. There was no cars coming, but it still was like, he didn't know that he just started to run across the street because he was playing a game. And I, it's just like, oh my goodness, that could just be so terrible. And so I had to stop him. And like, I knelt down next to him and, and his little brother. And I'm like, okay, guys, this is how this is going to be from now on. When we come up to where we're going to cross the road, you have to hold my hand. You are not allowed to not be holding my hand anymore. And they're kind of like, but it was fine. Like I didn't get hit by a car and I'm like, but next time you might like, let's, you're just going to hold my hand. That's, that's how this is going to go. That's so funny. That, that makes me think of this story. When I was a kid, um, I was like, I don't know. I was probably like five or six or something like throwing a temper tantrum because my mom had said no or something like that. And I go running across the street and it was, it was at like a stop sign intersection and there was a cop sitting there and he saw what happened and he like got out and told me, he's like, Hey, like you need to listen to your mom. <laughs> Dude, oh, and like a five or awesome. a six-year-old, that would scare you. Yeah, huh? oh, I, was, I was so coming. scared. Oh, man. That's I can't awesome. imagine what It's funny happen. to, like, think back on it, but it's like. I love that cop. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're probably like, oh, I'm going to go to jail. 
Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be in jail for the rest of my life. I'm never going to see my parents yeah. again. Like that would be my <laughs> thought when I was that young. I think, I think that actually I can sort of picture something like that happening with me when I was a kid too. Maybe not a cop, but something that scared me Yeah, where it was like that person really gave me a good example uh, to live by. Well, and going back to something you said, Josh, about like being careful what you ask God for, because you know, you, you might, might, you might, you get, might get it. Get yeah. it. it made me like when I was, I remember very specifically 14 or 15 being like, making a, a a prayer that I was like, this is going to be a good prayer. Cause I was like, God, I don't know who I should marry, but I know that you know the kind of person I should marry. Spoiler alert. It was me. Right. Like help <laughs> me to just have your best, you know? And, um, wow. You think right, I'm God's best, right, huh? you know, help someone agitate me enough to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to follow you so closely. <laughs> I hope you keep this in. <laughs> I will. I totally will. <laughs> but anyways, he just knows exactly what we need to keep us close to him and to keep us um, learning about ourselves and um, yeah. to just, you know, like we need that pressureful situation to be like, okay, God, I need you this minute, this hour, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's perfect for us. Right. Yeah. I was, I, Josh and I both went to Azusa Pacific at different times, but um, both are uh, APU. Uh, not alums. I'm not an alum, but I did get to go there for a few years. And this is my plan, plan A, um, not happening kind of thing. I'd worked really hard to play basketball down at Azusa and through absolutely no fault of my own of like not working hard enough, I got too sick. And actually it probably was, I probably worked too hard and made mm. myself sick and ended up, um, basically being in a bed for three months and being completely just... <laughs> I've wilted away. I wasn't able to compete wow. at the level anymore. So my plan A was to go be, play basketball there, be a film major, and graduate from Azusa and um, and play basketball there and, and enjoy it. And after my sophomore year, I had to move home. And I remember always in high school, maybe junior high, um, saying I had the joke that you know my dream was to be the worst player in the NBA so I could still make a lot of money to get to watch the games. Yeah. Um, and that was always my joke. And I'd always be like, but you know what, I'll probably just end up in ministry like my dad. And so I kind of always had this as my plan B, even when other plan A's were, I want to work in the film industry and, and yeah. this, this, this. It was always some other things. My plan B was always like, but I'll probably end up in ministry like my dad. And <laughs> I think finally when it was like, I was just, I was making my, I was making my plan A happen. I was forcing it. Kind of like, kind of like we've talked about with Abraham and Sarah, kind of forcing God's timing yeah. in a way. And it was like, I was forcing my plan A. And finally, it was like, no, 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 no. Okay, this is enough. This is what's going to happen. And I moved home, and within about six months, I had met Caitlin. Not, um, we we didn't start dating at that point, but I had met Caitlin. I had just started. Was it, in it was like a teaser, like a, a teaser, a teaser trailer. <laughs> what's to come? Yeah, because sure. we trailer, didn't date. I, I think that's good. Yeah, for another couple years. Right? Three years later, it was just like a teaser. But anyways, like it was just sort of like I can look back at that and I see the road that God started to like pave for me. And I yeah. was like, you know what? I'm going to follow this road. This looks good. I'll follow this for a while. And then it was like, no, this is where God wants me to be. I started in ministry and it was like I've been in ministry now for over 10 years. And it's actually 12 years now, I think, is how long I've been in ministry. And it's like I look back at that and I go, yeah, my plan B was always God's plan A because yeah. look where we're at now. So I said at the very beginning we did a video series um the god who rescues like the first series that brett did after i came on staff here and they had me do a video and it was just a short uh a short video of what god has rescued me from and i i literally said god rescued me from my own plans 
Hmm. And that was kind of the theme of my testimony is that God has continually rescued me from my yeah. own plans. Thank I like goodness. Um, yeah. So God, that was, uh, God works in a way that we will never figure out in advance. Uh, his second point was God will resolve the current situation with more people coming to know Jesus. We've already seen that millions of people coming to know Jesus worldwide. I think it actually ended up being so cool that Easter Sunday basically happened just online because yeah. it was everywhere. If you scrolled through Instagram or Facebook, it was everywhere. It was so cool to see the gospel going out at that, at that rate and everybody yeah. excited to be listening to it. And I think I forget the numbers now. But I think we had over 10,000 people yeah. or unique devices at least start watching our Easter service, which is about double what we normally have. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I appreciate about God, which, you know, just one of those areas that I'm like, God, you're so cool in this, is that, like, he's an incredibly fast, I don't know, just not learner because he knows all things, but just, like, um, and the way that he moves and works among us, it's like, he, he puts his net where the fish are, like Jesus in the boat. Yeah. Like he threw the net right where on the fish. Like, if you want to follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And it's like when we allow his plans to just, okay, I'm going where you're going, God. Yeah. He's going to throw his net where the fish are. And I just think having all of Easter services online, he's just like casting a big net. He's going to catch some fish. And it's just like, we try to get people in our doors. And it's like, he just shifted. Just go throw it over here. You know, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah, but especially when our first reaction was like, man, we can't do extravaganza. You know, we're all like, kind of like, oh, I hope we get to do this by Easter. And God's like, no, 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 no. Way more people are going to get to hear the news yeah. of my son right. by, by this not happening. So. I think what you said, Caitlin, about, like, you know, just, just toss your net over here. So I had heard an interesting kind of context with that story because I, I forget who the disciples were that were on the boat. It might have been like Peter and John. But whoever they were, like, they were expert fishermen. Like, this is what they did mm -hmm. for a living. So for somebody to just, to just tell them, like, hey, throw your net on the other side of the boat, it's like, okay, really? Like, you know? Yeah. Like, like, who is You're this guy? In a context like, like Tom Brady. Like, no, 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 no. Instead of throwing the ball like this, you should throw the ball with your left arm. Granny, yeah, underhand. Like underhand. <laughs> yeah, something weird. Something. <laughs> but yeah. But and that's it's what like, the equivalent probably would be. Exactly. But then they did it, and it's a monumental catch, like like one of the biggest catches like on record for the time. Right. It was like 152 or three fish or something like breaking, that. It was breaking the net. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just shows like, just like when we think we're close, like we're going to keep trying like over and over and over, but we come up empty. It, yeah. It's not easy. It, it's not easy to listen to like what, what God right. has planned for us. Right. And I think as believers too, uh, we, we want good things, and I, I think we can still revert back to ways of the flesh to, to try to maintain those good things. Yeah. You know, we want people to come to know the Lord, and then we're like, and I'm going to, you know, kind of like Abraham wanting a child. He wanted what the same thing that God wanted for him, um, and then just going back to something that was like, this is not the way to do it. You want heavenly things. You need heavenly means to do it. Yeah. So it's like that is just by the spirit, just by listening to that, that right. prompting of the spirit. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of times, like when there's something that isn't going our way or, or if there's something that we want in life, but we're not getting it because it's not like what God has planned for us, or maybe he has it for us like at a later time, we, we try to compensate by, by forcing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where like, you know, we can develop bad habits or, or it, we kind of like exhaust ourselves trying to make this thing happen that, Again, like maybe God has a totally different plan for us. Or once we do get that thing, it's like it's not as good 
Oh, totally. As it want, as it could have been because we're just stressed out about it. So right, hard. Mm-hmm. I could I could probably look back at my own life and look at you know, probably probably as frequent as every few months and be like, this is what I was trying to force timing yeah. on at this point. And um, I I had a friend of mine one time share about this, and I know he didn't make this up, but um, he basically said like people have to know God's always going to answer your prayers. It's going to be yes, no, or not right now. Yeah. And I hate the not right now answer because yeah. I want to know if it's going to be a no, just, just let me know. <laughs> exactly. But if it's just going to be not right now, I just want to know when. Okay. So like <laughs> just putting it in this, in this sense, it's like, God, please end this shelter in place. So yeah. we can, people can get back to work and, and all these things. And it can literally just be like, not right now. And I'm like, what, why? Like, I don't understand. Exactly. This, isn't, this isn't working for us. But then I go, oh wait, no, millions of people have come to Christ. No, it's working. Because it's just not the way that we have been conditioned to think of things. Yeah, working, yeah. So. Well, if you can like uh, just retrain your mind to think that when there's something coming against you, it's like instead of thinking fearfully or angry or however the, your flesh wants to react to that situation, if you can think God is going to bring a lot of good with this right. and I'm going to yeah. retrain my eyes to see it so that I can rejoice yeah. when it comes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I think, yeah. And we had kind of touched on that earlier. Like, I think going into these situations with that approach, it, it changes how you see it entirely. Totally. Yeah. And then the last point here was just the gospel of grace is simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus. You'll be saved and your household. Uh, it's not something we earn. It's not something we achieve. God loves you. Jesus came for you. I, I love I love just the, that point is so good just to say the gospel of grace is simple. It's not mm-hmm. some complex answer. And I put this in the term of like um, my son asking me like, why did Jesus have to be on the cross? And he doesn't need some crazy explanation as the whole story. It's just because we're all sinners and Jesus took the punishment for us so we could live in eternity with mm-hmm. God in heaven. And he just goes, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. He doesn't go, so what do I need to do to make sure that I get to do that also? It's like, no, 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 no. He just goes, that's so cool. So we get to be in heaven now? Yeah. If we believe in yeah. Jesus? Yes. Whoa. And it's like that that simplicity of the childlike faith is so cool. So, well, hey, to wrap up here, um, we'll be continuing on in hope and uncertain times with week three next week and we'll have a few other people on i know you guys are going to miss josh he's been here for a couple weeks he'll be back though don't worry uh and then caitlin will also be around so uh thanks for listening guys thanks for being here thanks for making the time yeah thanks for having you and sharing some of your thoughts so all right thank you caitlin and josh for joining me to talk about pastor brett's message from hope in uncertain times part two don't forget this thursday night is throwback thursday it's going to be awesome Go to springhills.org or check out the free Spring Hills app for more information on how you can stream that service live. It's going to be great. Don't miss out on it. We hope you have a wonderful week. We'll catch you next time.